0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Talk series. Recorded live. Welcome to another edition of FCM Mobile Podcast. I am your host, PR, coming to you from Brooklyn. Um, I have a very special guest. Here with me today, the general manager of the Baltimore Orioles, Heycox B. Two. Um, hey, Cox, how you doing? I'm doing
0: wonderful. It's a great Sunday evening here in suburban Albany, New York. Oh, uh, that's
1: awesome! Uh, I I, I, I want to get to the suburbs one day. <laughs> um, all right, man. So I guess we'll just jump right into it. Um, we're gonna start in 2061. uh back. Towards the playoff races that unfolded there, um, obviously Rocky. Congratulations, he um, won the World Series as Boston. Um, it came a little bit earlier than I had anticipated, and and I, I think anybody in my division at least anticipated the World Series coming out of the East. Um, I know Hickox did very well for Baltimore. I mean, 90 wins is supposed to be able to win the East, and it looks like we're we're actually getting out of that rut, of being the worst in the league, um, but. Uh to go over just a bit, um Baltimore, I believe you, you you gained a wild card spot, I believe, right? That is correct, yeah. Yeah, all right, so you got the 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 second wild card spot I believe. Um Well I got the second but then I beat the guy who got the first who was uh Yeah, you you beat Detroit, right? Alright, so in the wild card, you know you um you ended up beating Detroit. Um I believe was it Los Angeles that ended up beating up San Diego? Um yeah, Los Angeles ended up beating up San Diego to play the Rockies. In divisional round. Um and the Cubs and the Marlins um won their divisions respectively and uh faced themselves in the divisional round. Um and the defending champion uh Cleveland Indians run by Maddie obviously you played them in the divisional oh. round with the Red Sox playing the Angels. Maddie kinda of beat you uh, kind of easily. You gotta you get you got a win in there. Um, I got one. Second year in a yeah, row I first round of the playoffs <laughs> so you got one win and then
0: lost. Yeah. Just just made a quick appearance. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. Um, uh, So the Red Sox took the second series against the Angels, and uh, they they basically swept the Angels uh, to go to the ALCS against the Indians. And uh, over in the NL, the Rockies defeated the Dodgers in five games um, and went on to face the Cubs, who beat the Marlins in five games. Um, Heading into the World Series with the Rockies sweeping and the Red Sox winning in six games, uh, the Red Sox would win the World Series in five games against the Rockies. And um, was there anything kind of surprising to you about how last season went on and uh, what happened on the stretch? six? Well, I mean, as far as the end of
0: the season, not really. I mean, we kind of had a pretty good idea of who was going where uh, through, like, August. You know, I was fighting it out for, uh, for that last position. But as far as the uh, divisions, they were uh, pretty much wrapped up pretty early, unlike last year. Um you know, Seattle was making a little bit of a run at the end of the season to catch up with uh, L.A., if I remember correctly. But, you know, it at least yeah. making, like, pretty uh, open and shut uh, nationally. Pretty yeah. much coming up for the Central. The Central, we're going to talk more about that division in the uh, NL. But, I mean, that was really close up until the end. It kind of reminds me of the A.L. East from last year because yeah. not a lot of teams really good at the top of the division but a good race at the end. So, yeah. you know, it's, it, again, one it was a lot of targets that were the close races and – uh that's yeah that's one design thing. of that's the two spots there
1: yeah that's one thing i definitely definitely noticed was there were still close races even though it seemed like the the you know the, the matchups that were set to be uh uh, uh were already predetermined like there were still uh, like you know there were still playoff spots to be had going into september and going down the stretch and there was still a reason to make some trades at the deadline so last season was definitely a a a Definitely a good one, and um I'm happy for rocks um I'm happy for Camda too. I mean, I told him at the beginning of the year he, th- he didn't think he had a chance, but he got all he you know he had what he had the the, the second best record in the league, gotten getting all the way to the World Series. Congratulations to Colorado too. He definitely did a very good job building that team up
0: absolutely um,
1: yeah um all right, and uh heading out of the playoffs and going into the off season. I guess we'll just jump right into uh off season trades. And uh if you want to take the realm on this, you can start off by uh uh pointing out one of the off season trades that you think um were, were were impactful, whether it was negative or positive. Well I thought it was interesting that right
0: after I traded German, who was a pretty solid pitcher, he got traded again like the next day, which is interesting and I think they called it um that uh let's see that Atlanta got was actually better than the one I got even after I shopped him for like the entire offseason. You know? And yeah. the really really solid pitcher. And I think both times Jarman got traded, he got the, um, the guy trading Jarman got the better deal. So I think that speaks to the quality of the pitcher that he is. Um obviously not a fantastic candidate for a Baltimore ballpark being a fly ball pitcher. Uh not really. It's not a, exactly a... Yeah, yeah, A, park, a, a power, power a pitching isn't part.
1: exactly the right place for him. exactly.
0: Exactly. So, but I knew he had value and in going into the last year of his contract. It's like, I'm going to have to start paying people at some point, and he was already starting to get up there. You know, he's got one more year, and then i will hit um, free agency eligibility. So I wasn't going to take the yeah. chances with that, especially with got a lot of good young pitchers coming up. Yeah, I definitely think you
1: met, I definitely think maximize the value on that deal. And one yeah. thing I find... It was very funny. I felt like the same thing with that happened with Jarman this off season happened last year with Aaron. Which is you know, a team goes in saying, you know what, I'm gonna compete, I'm gonna and now now not to say XXR won a World Series not too long ago, you know, the Dodgers have won. So it's not like, you know, XSR was was you know, had, had this as planned or something like that. He definitely thought he was gonna compete. Um but uh, but it was just very funny that uh, 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 two, uh, a trade for an ace type pitcher or an ace in this league happening like basically a day within each other or a day later. Just he he's on three teams within a day span. It's just pretty incredible. Yeah, and, I barely had a chance to unpack on that one. <laughs> and now I I do have to disagree with you just a little bit on the person trading Jarmin got the better end of the deal because, oh I mean just just a tad bit. I think Atlanta getting Jarmin. I think. In his ballpark in Turner in Turner Field, um, the way you know the the way that field definitely helps fly ball pitchers for some reason. Uh, Jarman, you know, he's gotten off to a hot start, and I think he could be great in Atlanta. And I think that um um uh, let me go check the tab here to see what exactly what he gave up. Um, but I, I recall thinking that Atlanta, not that LAD lost, but that Atlanta came out. With a, an ace pitcher, and I, and I thought that that was great for him, especially with his young team coming up. I mean, he's got some good players coming up there. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't want
0: to. I don't mean to say that it was like not even close, but I mean it's. Oh yeah, I mean Good.
1: You know, um. Uh. Uh. You know, the Dodgers ended up getting the 13th overall pick with Aaron Tyler, uh, Craig Van Arsdale, who I'm not very, you know, uh, uh, you know, excited about. Rob Reese, who you know he's a peak player, he's just some some get When you're able to get an ace for that, now now, albeit the Atlanta will end up having to pay Jarman, you know, but I mean he might be able to get a discounted amount of Jarman compared to what stats that Jarman has been putting up. But if he if he if Jarman puts up if if Jarman continues on the rampage he he started with in this first sim, I mean he he's definitely going to be worth a pretty penny. So I think it's as close to an even deal as possible. But if Atlanta makes the playoffs. This deal goes to
0: Atlanta. Absolutely. Anytime you can trade for a pitcher, that you can plug in towards the top of your rotation, not necessarily an ace, because I'm seeing some people in the uh, the chat right now saying, you know, he's not necessarily a nice pitcher. You can put him towards the top of a rotation. Um, he had good numbers last year. It was a good time to cash out. He started out well so far, but, I mean, it's, in, it's a long season. He's three pitches, three starts in, so we'll have to see how that one all plays out. Um, but, I mean, his track record, I mean, obviously playing in Baltimore it's kind of different, but I mean the track record isn't fantastic, you know, career ERA over four point six. So, you know, it's all about what he's capable of doing more than what he's done. So that's something yeah. I have to watch with him.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, all right, moving on to what I thought was another uh, uh great deal. Well another, you know, impactful deal was a deal between the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves. Let me see if this is the one all right, yes. It was the deal in which Atlanta got Mickey Bailey and Peter Carr in exchange for their second and third rounders, Alex Williams, the first baseman, Umberto Trancosa, the third baseman, and Matthew Lovelace. Now, um, I think I remember Lovelace. Um I know that Trancosa he was he was intriguing somewhere in the middle of last year's draft or the year before, but I, I, I didn't find him too um too appealing. But but in this deal, I think, I mean, depending on the the Mets needed to get back some sort of quality in that deal. And I feel like the second rounder definitely was great. The third rounder became a fourth rounder, of course, with uh, the notorious type B compensation round that uh, took place this year. So in this deal, uh, I want to say right now I think Atlanta wins. Um, Obviously, if Alex Williams goes out to his full potential, he could be a killer. You know, uh Lovelace, if Lovelace can and you know, can get a few jumps, he could be pretty good. So um in the future this might end up, you know, with good drafting end up being, you know, uh, uh, the Mets deal. But right now I think that uh, along with the Jarman deal that Atlanta getting Bailey and Carr, even though they're deteriorating was really great.
0: Yeah, I mean as far as the return that G Money got on that, I think he could have done better. Um he's got, you know, a second round pack, uh, sorry, pick, a third round pick. Um Williams looks like the best quality that he's going to get out of that deal and to give up Bailey and Carr and get that's your your top trade chip, so to speak. I I think uh, Atlanta got the better end of that. And like you said, these are two guys that are older. I was looking at Carr, I was looking at Bailey in the offseason, decided not to move on either of them just because they of their advanced age essentially. Um, and so I think that it works well for the better for Atlanta even for a short term sort of fix. But I mean they love tearing it down and building back up like every two seasons. So, I mean, this works well for that sort of um, yeah. nice plan. Um, we'll have to see what turns out with uh, all those picks and players. I mean, he's got five, essentially it's going to be five prospects coming into New York um, out of that deal. So, he could strike it rich in any one of those and that would make up for it. So, we'll have to, you know, wait and see. And that's how it is with any trade where you got prospects changing hands.
1: Yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, it always takes time and sometimes it it takes longer than others. Sometimes it's right off the bat. That prospect or two gets that really crazy jump jump and, and and that deal is, you know, a lot more even than it was when they lost the established player. Um moving on to a third one I saw. I don't know if you had this on your list, but Milwaukee and the Dodgers in the deal in which uh uh you know, caught some controversy for the fact that Milwaukee tried to trade uh Tommy Smith, a first baseman that they just acquired in a deal hold on, let me show you, in a deal for uh for the ace that Milwaukee was looking for the entire offseason. You know, it was very widely known that uh main was looking for a, an ace and he ended up getting a great starting pitcher and a pretty damn good uh reliever and 5 million cash just for the fourth overall pick. And uh I found that to be Almost unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I know that that, that mcDo is uh 35 years old. I know that he calls a pretty penny until next year. Um, same thing with Heron. I know that uh, he's got a pretty hefty contract for a reliever on him. But to give up one pick and a an the fourth overall is pretty good. But I don't think that this draft now. There's a lot of great pieces to have, be had at top five. But I don't think that this draft. Had the type of pieces that would be worth giving those two up single handedly for them. I think that Milwaukee came out with a pretty damn good steal in this deal. And I mean, I know I can see where Lid was going with this, but I cannot see giving that much up for one prospect, just one opportunity.
0: Well, I mean, it's a top five pick. This isn't a lottery ticket. You know, it's you know, it's a, not exactly like a super top heavy draft. It's a good draft, but you don't have like those really top tier where you have this unanimous know, top three. I mean, we were talking about it on the chat earlier today. So, I mean, it could go really anywhere with that. But, I mean, having said, I think both teams get what they're looking for. I mean, I had this one down as a push. I mean, a lot of trades had, you know, one edge of one or the other um, because I think both teams get exactly what they want and I don't think he, the team overpays for what they're trying to do. Um, obviously, if it was switched, you'd say, hey, this team lost because, you know, yeah, they traded for two older pitchers, and they're nowhere near competing. But, I mean, this isn't that sort of situation. I think it works well for both teams. I think Los Angeles, he's deciding to tear it all down. And any he, you know, he's got lots of good you know, young chips going uh, so far with uh, the moves he's made. Uh, and then he get that fourth overall pick. You know, again, it's a top five pick like that, it's hard to mess that up. I mean, he made, I think, what, seven trades this offseason, I have it written down. So, I mean, he... It was very active in trying to get younger and trying to move those pieces. Once he figured out that he wasn't going to be able to pay the guys he was looking for, which I think is a smart adjustment on the fly for him. I give, I give him a lot of credit for like saying, "Oh, wait, this isn't going to work. Let's switch gears and build towards the future." Yeah.
1: I do. I do. I do definitely see that he dumped what? What was it like? Thirty? He dumped about a good forty to fifty million-ish of hat. You know, he he he. The, I'm talking about the Dodgers in this sense. It's about forty fifty million. He's not uh, wrapped up around two guys right now, so that's pretty. That's a pretty good upside. He didn't have to take like a contract back or or whatnot. So I could definitely see it in that sense. I just, I just look at it, and I, I, I definitely think that he should have got. Not that he, of course, he could have got more, but just it's a top five pick, yes. But I, I still don't think that even with the top five pick, you know, the talent that he's giving up, he could have got at least another second-round talent in there, a third-round talent, at least something. Um, the Timmy Smith was what he was trying to go with, but I, I see what you're saying. It's just, uh, I mean, it, it, it's hard to tell with that one. Um, I mean, it, it's it, it's pretty difficult for me, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, Smith, was he's he's all right. I mean, he's
0: not going to, like, make or break a deal. I mean, he was kind of a, a auxiliary piece in that. So, I mean, that's why they basically got rid of that, and I don't know if that... Getting rid of the player adjusted the deal once they edited that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, that wasn't a huge part of the deal. I mean, he's he's a nice player. I mean, he's not garbage, obviously, but he's not an all star yeah. either. Um, yeah. But well, he might have been at some point, but
1: um, not not right now. Yeah. The, um. So did you have um, did you have one that we hadn't mentioned yet? A a, a deal which caught your eye. Um. Well, I don't know one specific one, but I have a couple
0: that Maddie was in charge of that I think he made out on uh, both deals. I actually didn't uh, have
1: any for Matty, so let's see, which ones did you get? Alright well we got
0: uh Tavin, who's going from New York to Cleveland. Alright, all
1: right. Cleveland put New,
0: New a York. fantastic first. Oh that was in had,
1: did, 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 did that was that made after the first sim or before?
0: Um that was one of the more recent trades I believe. Um, yeah,
1: so it was after the first sim. Okay, yeah, it has. okay, that's it. All right. Cool. All right, um, oh, that might have been. I, I
0: didn't even see when that trade was made. But in any case, so we've got it's early enough. We're we're still calling this an off-season pod, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so he trades for and gives up um, picks 38, looks like, and then prospects. I mean, but the the fact that he's adding an impact bat to the middle of the lineup, and he's already got a team like that to build it around, and then he trades Littlewood and trades high on that um, to Chicago. Uh, now. Littlewood is, based on his last year's numbers, fantastic. But, I mean, if you look at his actual vitals and you say, is he going to replicate that, I would say no. So I think it was really good, really smart of Maddie to, you know, catch lightning in a bottle in a really good season and and then ship him off and get a good deal out of it. Because, I mean, he got picks 20, 105, and 135. Um, And, you know, Maddie is one of those GMs, just like anybody else, who loves, you know, getting any sort of picks he can when he's trying to trade um, trade a guy who he knows he's replacing. So when he got Tabin, he got rid of Littlewood, which was kind of, you know, get a better player than the one you just traded and still yeah. get a lot of good pieces. So um, not to overstate it, but I mean, I think he did well with both of those trades. Um, not to say they were bad trades for either, um, let's see, for um, G-Money or for Jason, but I mean, I think Maddie did really well for himself with those two.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that um, that uh, that he he came out on top getting Rico Tabin just because of the perspective that his team is in compared to G Money. I mean, it's unfortunate, but we're in the market where when you're a selling team, you're actually going to lose out. You need to, you know, when you're when you're giving out that player like Rico Tabin, you know, it's 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 going to take uh, a lot to get a lot back, and that's just the market that we're in. You know, it's not like it is in real life where. You know, you give up, give up a guy like David Price, even though he's 31 years old with seven million, you know, seven years and 20 million per on. You, you have to, you're going to get a lot back. That's not the way it is in, in FCM. So um, I think that Cleveland, obviously, Manny does a great job of uh, rotating its talent and and recycling its talent. Um, so I definitely agree with you where he came out on top in both those deals. Not saying that the Mets did a you know did a bad job because they got it you know, they got picked twenty eight in the every coach have a deal. But um but I definitely agree that Maddie did great. Um I also have to give credit
0: to uh, Peter. Um I know I, it burns to say it. Um he finally got rid of Meacham, <laughs> and he he got a full oh, wrap yeah. oh,
1: from Texas, oh, he, which is uh, Texas. a really
0: good haul. I mean it's he you know that
1: scorched. that's he, I mean
0: he, he was shopping Meet to anybody who wouldn't listen, let alone who would so I mean uh, the fact that he got that kind of deal for Meecham. I mean, again, Meecham is not a bad player, of course. Um, I was interested in, but not in the, not for the price that you know Texas ended up paying for him. But uh, I think that was really a heads up by Peter to keep uh, keep pounding on that one, and looks like he wore down, uh, wore priest on that one. But,
1: uh, yeah, when I when I saw what that haul was, I was like, you, that Pete Pete really did did what he had to do. Cause, I mean, I thought he'd get Meecham off, and I thought he'd get a good haul, but I didn't think he'd get a whole goddamn draft. And uh, uh, so, I mean, that's a shout-out to Washington. I, I can't really say any more other than that was a really great deal for Pete. Yeah, and like I said, it,
0: it burns to give credit to Peter because Peter is, like, my mortal enemy. Just kidding. Um, but, no, but seriously, that that was a really, I think, a smart trade on his part. And I, I, I don't go, like, yeah you know, I'm a winner-loser on that one, but I, I think um, Washington came out a pretty clear winner on that one. Yeah,
1: Definitely. Um, I also saw, um, you know, I have a lot of LAD in Atlanta, in my opinion, Um, but I saw one that Houston made with New York um, in a deal. I believe Houston got – it was one of the earlier deals of the offseason. I believe Houston was able to obtain um, uh, Mark White in exchange for a uh, 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 center fielder in Arsenal, who um, – he has a lofty peak, but he never really like uh, you know he didn't pop out to me when I looked at him vital wise in uh, game. But uh, the Yankees ended up getting pick nine and pick thirty nine in the second round, and that's great because there before that's two picks and, and before any of those very you know that huge comp round that we're going to get. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But um, but it was pretty hard to choose a winner in this deal. I think Houston did great in getting a pitcher like White, but the Yankees did great in 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 in, in recycling White's talent. Um and White's pretty 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 uh, uh he's pretty uh cheap in terms of, you know, a pitcher of his uh uh skill set. So um I mean,
0: what well, do you so think about that? The prices that people are paying for top-shelf pitching at this point. So I would agree with that money-wise, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, that, that was a trade I had looked at too. I, that did not make the uh the cut of the biggest ones in the obvious and obviously it's a big one because you've got a big names uh, starting pitcher moving teams. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I, I did notice that one too. So and, and again, I don't I don't think I don't think this one's a um winner to loser sort of thing. I both teams got exactly what they were looking for. Yeah, both now. teams
1: yeah, exactly.
0: You had any more? I had a couple more, but, I mean, I think we've already bored everybody with all this uh, trade talk, so uh, I think it's time to <laughs> move on. <laughs> all right. Um, if, if, if people if uh, people rise up and say, hey, come back and talk about the off offseason, we can do that more. But uh, that will be <laughs> up to them.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, uh, moving on, I only had three signings that uh, that really popped out. Um, and those signings were Florida signing Barty Heron, uh San Diego signing Peter Vacari, and the Royals signing Patrick Baker. Um, I thought that all three teams. I mean, I, I him I was not. I mean, I think that Florida is. Uh, they don't give a fuck about the money that they're going to lose out on this. Obviously, I mean, they gave him what a, a 200 plus million dollar deal over seven years. Um, so I mean, they're going to get a great guy. But uh, I mean, that's 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 a that's it's a pretty crazy deal. Well, he was a player that
0: everybody was going to overpay for, no matter who he went to or how much he went for. It, it's not about how much you pay, it's getting that bet early up in your lineup because, I mean, he's, what, I think 33 now, but he's the same player he's been. So same one I traded and got crucified for like 10 mobile years ago. Um, but, I mean, if you can get that guy in your lineup, do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. um, I, I think uh, Hokey was pretty smart, too, with realizing about the, the money issue and he – Got rid of uh, Thorpe, it looks like, um, uh, and because he realized he wasn't going to be able to pay him, or some, I forget exactly what the justification was, but I remember uh, reading along with something on those lines. Um, and again, yeah. Hope's not, he'll, he's not stupid; he's, he knows what he's doing with, it, with money, especially in a market like Florida. Granted, you do that well for that long, your, your budget is going to go up. Um, not yeah, exactly. sure what's off the top of my head, but I mean, he, he does pretty, pretty well for himself, which is. Kind of an understatement for a team that won 99 games the year after winning like 120. So, that's that's okay for you.
1: Um, and uh, real quick, San Diego getting Peter Bakari. Bakari took another tumble, but he's still definitely uh, very much serviceable. He started off great. At, to the, he started. He had a great start off to the season. Um, uh, he's a great defender. He's got great speed. Um San Diego, obviously looking for a little bit more of a push. They've got a team growing there. Um, I thought it was a good deal, um, $20 million until next year. I mean, I think that's great, just very short term. And, and, I mean, the money's a lot, but he's not stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, if you sign a
0: guy for a lot of money for like one or two years and you know you can afford it, it's not going to ruin you. It's the six-year deals or the ones that maroon teams with those huge contracts. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I did that once, I think, with, uh, I forget who it was, when I was in uh, Oakland, and there was a guy who had a really good year, and I had to, that's to paying, and it had to be like a five, six-year deal, and the guy just fell off, like, right after that. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it comes with the territory. If, you know, you, signing long-term deals versus short-term deals, you pay a lot more upfront, but you have much more flexibility, short and long-term, with money. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's a good signing, uh, definitely. Um, definitely. Definitely.
1: Um and rounding out with Patrick Baker who um obviously very low eighties but he's still got the talent there. Um if he you know, if, if he didn't have as as bad as he had, he probably would be talking Hall of Fame or somewhere near the uh uh, uh Kyle Arrington esque type players or Lou Cook even. Well Lou Cook's pretty pretty early to tell, but he might he might be the next guy heading to the Hall of Fame. But uh, Baker goes to the Royals. Um, The Royals obviously looking to capitalize on the fact that Detroit kind of sold off and Cleveland's looking to sell off. And uh, he might definitely have a great start to the season. Yeah,
0: I mean, we'll talk about Baker first long term. I mean, you can already see he's regressing. I mean, he's dropped from looks like an 88 or something like that all the way down to 82 in the last two years. Um, His health is horrible at 61. So yeah. an expect injury, and he could be just really bad. So I don't think he has the legs to have a long career that's going to land him in the Hall of Fame. Um, I think he's going to be still very good for the next few years, but um, it, we'll have to check in on that. I think the deal going through 2066, he's going to live to regret that at the end of that contract. But again, it's 13 million dollars. It's not like it's 30. You know, so I mean, yeah, he, he kind of knows what he's doing with that. Um, and he's again, he's hoping to get the last good years at of Baker. Uh, which is yeah, uh, which is, for him.
1: and um all of this leads into a very uh very interesting issue that surrounded the off season, and that was Maddie and Andy coming out and deciding that type B compensation will go from the mandatory of one year eight point five million to two years eight million per um they say that they've been watching the uh the levels for the last 5 to 10 years and they think that this off season was a sign of things to come and this quickly nips it in the butt um me personally i would have rather uh see about a year or two or maybe even three more of uh what happens because there wasn't a very you know it wasn't an incredible Uh, issue last year, the year before, and all of a sudden we have these, yeah, we have these like, you know, 20 type B comps and it's insane and they all get signed. Um, But, I mean, if that had shown itself within the next two or three years, obviously I'm totally on board with changing it.
0: Um,
1: I mean, it doesn't really bother me changing it now, but I just would have rather had more time and see what happens exactly with what's going on because it, 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 it seems like something that just, popped up to me. I mean, a a new rule that just popped up.
0: Yeah, I mean, the first time I saw this, it kind of threw me back a little bit just because it was such a sudden change and there was really no, you know, a lot of times when we have something like this, it's, hey, we're going to put this in league news, let's put it in polls. It's, hey, do you guys want to do this? Let's vote on this and then do something like that. This is much more of an uh, authoritarian sort of thing, which is, hey, this is what's going to happen, deal with it. Um, which, again, based on what happened it, uh, with the offseason, season with, uh, with 25 guys signing for compensation deals, which is much more than I think we've ever had. Um, but I, I think the fact that the league didn't get a voice, um, it just kind of landed on us, and we don't know exactly how this is going to play out. Um, I yeah. think there's room for criticism there. Obviously, this is something that we're going to have to see how it works uh, but, you know, I don't know that it's I, going to make a change at all, and if it I does, is it going to be a good change? So I think to, that
1: the change, I think that their idea of the, I think the change is good. I think the solution is good. I don't know if the solution was needed, you know, just yet. Now, I do have to say, there are some players that were that were given type B compensation, and I'm like, this motherfucker ain't never getting, you know, signed. And he got signed. You know, and, and 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 I'm looking down the the list of Type Bs and stuff like that, and and what they really were also talking about was re- really nipping, uh, uh uh uh, just signing a player for one year just to comp him the next, where it's basically defeating the purpose of having to keep a player for a year. If you're just signing the guy as a small market team to concentrate on getting that compensation, that doesn't really, you know, that's not really realistic in terms of you know the way the market plays. Out. So. Uh, uh, guys like Abilis, you know, like, a or like a, the, an outfield of Abilis or Jeff Waterdown. I mean, Sam McDonald was probably worth the type B. But, you know, there, there's a lot of players here or so, some players who probably not exactly worth it. And, uh, uh, like you know, like Nicholas Frith, I don't think he's worth it. Eduardo Alvarez, I don't think he was worth it. Um, Justin Frakes, I honestly don't think that was worth type B. And a lot of people, you know, people paid some solid money for the guy. Um, so I mean I see what they're saying about all these type, like people being compensated when they're not compensation worthy or they don't, they don't have that balance. I can see them trying to fix it. I just wanted to see a year or two more, see what happens. If we either got hit with another twenty, you know, it, it, either Type B or Type A, forget about it. We, we we could have changed the rules and we could have we could have did so many different things. Yeah. So I mean, this is uh,
0: another thing, which is you know the the. It, it's a solution to something that I don't think a lot of people thought was a problem. Obviously, the recycling of compensation guys is what is a perceived problem. And it's not realistic, it's kind of a flaw that we've kind of exploited uh, the general managers of SCM, which is saying, hey, you know, all I have to do is pay money, pay this guy eight million dollars, and I get a pick for it next year. So it's kind of people exploiting that kind exactly. of benefit to it, which is something I've, you know, I've brought up before. I mean, not publicly, but I know I talked to people who'd be like, Hey, you know this is a system that's not really
1: super yeah. realistic,
0: um, but I think it's the the effort is to try to like you know remedial remediate I should say the uh, that problem of you know a lot of changing hands um, something I brought up in that whole thread which got pretty much shut down right away which is you know you just can't offer a guy compensation the year after he signs for compensation which is exactly I think um after uh, I saw the response to it, it made sense, which is how do you track that, um, which is a really good point, because, you know, you have to go back into last year's um, free agency and say, okay, was this guy offered compensation? Did he sign for compensation? And then say, okay, so he can't do it this year. But, I mean, the amount of work that that would entail for whoever took care of that would be a lot to do. And I don't know if that would really even fix the problem, because, so, okay, so we can't get that on next year, but then two years later, he can. So it's... Uh, I don't know if there's a really good solution. Um, we're going to have to see how this whole two-year extension on compensation works. Um, I think the way we've got things I, on type A is pretty good uh, because just you, you have to pay $16 million, which is you know not nothing. Yeah, you know, That's, that's why you only is. have one yeah, compensation A and I, 20-something compensation Bs.
1: Um, I personally think that uh, for the two years, it should have been two years of $7 million. That's just me. Um, but two years and eight million is not a problem. I, I, I wonder. I I really would like to know what uh, effect this has on Type A's. Does this now make like like you, I did believe you just mentioned? Does this make them more appealing or like you know? Because I mean, you're paying another eight million per year, but at the same time, does sixteen million more dollars in terms of cash, uh, uh you know, matter when the difference of type A or type B town is in you know in play so it's definitely going to have an interesting effect um I, I, I overall i guess my final thought is i believe that it'll 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 be good i believe it'll work i just uh, i just also have you know a little bit of doubt only because probably only because i was not warned it was just happening. it just I, 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 if if it would have been something that was mentioned a, a year or two ago that might end up being changed and then it got changed like overnight this time I'd be like well at least I was brought you know, it was brought to my attention but I had no idea something like this was a problem
0: yeah I mean the amount of money you end up paying for the guy is we've got 16 million for two years I think it is um, which is 32 million dollars total. you got to invest a player whereas the compensation B which we had was 8.5 total so that's 32 to 8.5 million dollars which is a big difference so I think that's the big reason why a lot of people have been shying away from the A's and going for B. So I do exactly. think this will result in more compensation to A um, uh, players, but th- we don't know the fallout of what's going to happen next year, the year after that, and the year after that, because you know, we found a flaw, so to speak, in the system with you know signing guys for a year and then getting a pick for them next year. We'll see what yeah. happens after this change, if anything, ch- anything happens with this change, and what that does next year. So it'll be something to definitely keep our eye on. Um, see how this progresses. Uh, I hope that Maddie keeps updating with, you know, how many people were offered, what, how many signed, and stuff like that. Because if you do look at the track record, it was astounding the amount of people that signed this year. It was um, like 25, which is ridiculous. You know, that that's unrealistic. Um, yeah. So I, I do think the trying to fix the problem is a good idea. Uh, it's just the how it's being executed is. Up for debate, and I guess we're going to have definitely. to continue that
1: next year. Yeah, definitely agree with you on um, that. So uh, jumping from the conversation about Type B rules um, and going into this year, the now, um, I get, we can hop into a team rundown. The way this is going to work is I'm going to mention, I'm going to call out a team to you, and you're just going to give me a Two or three sentences—the most you could give—about where you think that team is headed, with the decisions they've made, you know, this off season and last year and stuff like that. Uh, if they're a rebuilding team, do you think that their rebuild is going well? If they're a team that's competing, do you think that they have a shot? If they're a team that's already been competing, do you think they should break it up or 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 try something new? So, um, um, uh, how does that sound to you? It sounds
0: like a lot of homework. <laughs> I'll take. Uh, I'll do my best.
1: <laughs> Um, no problem. Um, or you could you could do it for me too. I, I mean, I, I I think I probably have the best. So if you want to run it down with me, I can take the rundown.
0: No, that's fine. Right. Let's uh, you can start, and I'll give you my instant reaction, and we'll see how that
1: kind of right, awesome. plays out. Right. So we're gonna start with the National League first, since we're both American League boys. Um, we'll go. I'll go Washington. The Washington Nationals who right now lead the East nine with a nine and four record. All right, so Peter
0: has done a pretty good job. He, like I always mock with him that he that I've not made the playoffs twice in a row, and he has not because um, that's that's fun to rub salt in that wound. Um, but, I mean, he's got a good team. I mean, you, you look at his lineup up and down, he's got 90s bats almost throughout the lineup there, and they're not just 90s for the numbers. These are good hitters that he's got in this lineup. Um, yes. As far as his pitching, I mean, he's got really solid just Not a lot of them are producing so far this year, but I guess – one so, I mean, these guys have had two, three starts. Um, I, I do think this team has the legs to make a pretty serious run. Um, yeah, and I, it will all depend on where he goes as far as, you know, moves of the deadline for uh, where that weakness is because that's a good division. You know, you've got, obviously, you've got Money who kind of sold off everything. You know, the team still had seven wins, but, you know, <laughs> I, I don't believe that's going to last. So you've got New York and Philadelphia kind of, Trailing the pack, but you've got three teams at the top of the division, who yeah. could who could definitely win that division. Um, and Philadelphia again are not bad team; they're on their way up, and it's gonna we have to see how they can do this year. Um, but I do think that's a three horse race for this year. And when you've got those three guys at the top of the division, you know year after year, it's their third team. They have at least one wild card spot, and their third team is you know 88 wins and just outside the playoffs. So I mean, any of those teams I think could win it. Um, I believe, I believe that Florida will, but Florida
1: Florida and Hokie wins another division champion. Um, We'll go down to the Central. Um, St. Louis leading right now with the same record as Washington. Um, Milwaukee obviously making those deals to uh, become competitive. Cincinnati rebuilding. Pittsburgh still struggling a little bit. Chicago the defending uh, division champion. Who do you think is uh, going to come up there?
0: I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put my put uh, my faith in Milwaukee on this one. Um, I think that um, St. Louis has a good team. I don't know that that team is gonna stay in first place. I don't. It, it's it's really early because this is a team that's kind of developing from last year because you know last year they didn't do quite as well. Um, so you know I think what it what does uh, looks like 68 wins last year. So that'll be a really big turnaround. Um, I do think it's ambitious for Milwaukee. I mean, I just said that they're going kind to of probably uh, – that I think they'll win, but they had 66 wins last year. So it's a really big ambition to try to turn around that many losses into wins. Um, but, I mean, the winner of the division last year had 86 wins. So this is not a division where you're trying to take down this giant. It's a – you know, I think it's really anyone's game if you've got, you know, the, the right players on your, uh, your team. So yeah, but we'll see how um, the play themselves.
1: I, I personally think that uh, um, I want to see Pittsburgh win. I think Pittsburgh can win. Um, I think Milwaukee will come out on top. I have faith in Jay Maine. Um, if he isn't probably in it by trade deadline time, he'll probably blow it up. But I think Milwaukee can come on top in the Central. And if Milwaukee doesn't come on top, I have faith in Pittsburgh to do it. Um, moving on down to the West. Where it looks to be a very tight race this year, um, San Diego obviously making those deals to get themselves ahead. The Dodgers, even though they're fire selling, they still have some pieces there. Uh, Arizona, obviously, they've always been a powerhouse in that uh, division. And Colorado, the defending National League champions. Um, where do you see that division going?
0: This is, I think, this one's kind of a toss-up here. I mean, there's a, there's a few teams that could do well. Um, I. I think I'm going to stick with Colorado, who won last year, just because they've got a really good team all around. I mean, that's not to say anything against the other teams in that division, but I think it's tough to beat a team that, that did it that well. Um, I am not as familiar with the NL West. I've been kind of keeping up with the East and just because it's more intriguing, um, because you've got really close races in the East and, uh, year after year, and in the Central it's a down year so far, or it was last year. Um, the West I've not seen, not paid as much attention to, which I'll be super honest. Um but I do think that we're gonna see Los Angeles' um rebuild sort of continue now that these making these changes on the fly. I think that team is gonna, you know, give a lot of wins to other teams in that division. So there's a chance that we could see a wild card out of the West just because of that, but I I'm I'm not gonna make that bold prediction yet. That's
1: interesting. Um and me, personally, I think Colorado comes out on top again. I see their team being very strong. Um, I see Colorado maybe making some moves around the trade deadline to get them on top. Um, I think that the wild card in the National League will come out of, one, coming out of the East and, two, coming out of the Central, whether the Central uh, you know, gets Pittsburgh, Chicago, or Milwaukee going in the wild card, um, or whether Florida and Atlanta or Washington – Take it to uh, a wild card spot and the division spot in the East. Um, moving over to the American League, we'll start in the West. Seattle got off to a very strong start. Um, Seattle has been jumping, leapfrogging from competing to maybe you
0: know semi-rebuilding
1: to competing again. So uh, Los Angeles, obviously the mainstay in that uh, division, kind of dwindling. Houston, you know, slowly rising. Uh, Oakland, obviously they're in rebuild mode in Texas. Uh, you know, has been trash year after year. So where do you see that West story? Um,
0: I think Seattle is really the team to beat. I mean, they, they are top to bottom a really good team. Um, I, I do think that Los Angeles is a good team. I don't know if they can keep up with Seattle. Um, that being said, Los Angeles did win the division last year. But, I mean, as far as this season is concerned, I just think there's a lot more pieces on Seattle that can really propel them to do well. And I think they're the – I don't know if they're the team to beat in the AL, but I think they're definitely the team to beat in the AL West.
1: That's definitely for sure. I think that Seattle has a great chance to win the division, and uh, it's there to lose. I think if they lose it, Los Angeles will come out of the top again. But uh, I do think Seattle still needs one more piece in that lineup to really solidify it. As a you know, as a threat going into the playoffs, not just to make it. Um, so we'll see what happens with Seattle, what the he makes, or what moves he decides uh, uh, as he, you know, anticipates his team finally competing. Um, moving to the Central, uh, Kansas City tied for the best record in the ma- major leagues with 11 and two. Cleveland, Detroit, and Chicago all very close with each other, and it, it's surprising to have Chicago uh above five hundred and I know it's very early, but uh Chicago is one of those teams that's just been
0: very, very bad
1: for a while now, so hopefully they can, you know, kick start something going. Um obviously Minnesota uh is uh trailing big time in that division. So who do you see coming on top there? Um
0: I think that that's Maddie's division to lose. Um I, I think it's I'm I'm gonna root for the underdog in Kansas City. Just I, I don't know if that's gonna, you know, Keep itself going as far as you know wins. Um, I do see that Chicago made a lot of moves this offseason to try to get themselves back up um, towards the top of the heap there. Uh, so I think it's a little premature to overlook them. Um, I, I, I don't believe that they can keep up with the rest because um, you've got Detroit, who's kind of in neutral at this point. Uh, they're not really, you know, you know, full steam ahead, but they're also not, you know, selling off pieces. So it's kind of Coasting along, and you know they're going to try to probably do what they did last year, which is get a wild card spot, and then anything can happen in the playoffs. So I think that's kind of Judy's um, G- uh, uh, goal with that plan right there. Um, but I do think Maddie comes away out of that division pretty uh, pretty handily.
1: Hmm, that that definitely is something that could definitely happen. Um, I think Maddie uh, wins the division two. Um, I don't think he wins it very. Uh, I mean, yeah. I probably would say he, he's probably going to win it very easily, and if he doesn't, it can, it's Kansas City's division. Um, uh, but I definitely see Maddie taking home another division title. Um, now moving to the East, obviously you started off with a hell of a bang. Um, you're in the lead by a game and a half over Boston, three games above me, um, ten and three record. Uh, how do you feel about our division? How do you feel about uh, where everybody's going there? Obviously. We, we, we may have gotten a, a step up from where we were before, but, Jesus, we have an 0-13 team and a 1-12 team, so we obviously still have some of that lackluster stuff that was going on before uh, left over. Yeah, two of our biggest candidates
0: for the tanking rule, which I believe it's 55 wins or something like that, uh, are going to be New York and Toronto. I think they're actively trying to lose, which is a good plan. <laughs> you know, Hokie has perfected that plan. But with the rule that we've got in place, we're going to have to see right. how, I mean, how well I they mean, can manage that.
1: 38 runs scored and 128 runs against, that is, that is that is insane.
0: Yeah, and there's not even a lot of huge talent on on either of those teams. I mean, you, you've you got some good players, but, I mean, they, they've, they've got to, like, make an effort to get to that 50-something win threshold because teams with the builds like um, what I'm looking at here, you know, they, um, I think it's, Toronto, I think, we'll, well, actually, I'm looking at both of them. I think they can both make that for sure, um, 50-something wins. Um, but they are going to have to keep an eye on that because I don't remember what the penalties are, but now that we're enforcing that, uh, we're going to have to see how that works. Um, I do think this is this division is a two-horse race, um, uh, Boston and myself. Uh, I think the moves that we've both made recently are going to make it a pretty much dead heat for us throughout the season. Um because Boston has made a couple moves to get uh, to move some of their better players—not um, better, some of their good players—and um, I've kind of stayed pretty much the same from what I had last year. Uh, traded, you know, top of the rotation pitcher for a top of the lineup hitter. Um, we can discuss that trade, but we we kind of did. Um, I do think that um, it will be pretty close with us the whole season. I think we're both going to have to make moves, Ruth. Still pretty young teams, too. So these are not, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Boston kind of exceeded expectations last year. I didn't think he was going to do as well as he did that quickly, you know. Um, and it's kind of funny because two seasons ago, it was like, who is going to hit 85 wins and win this division? And now you've got, you know, two teams last year that won 90 games and you can see it again this year, and then the other three teams could all have 60. Um, I'm not sure exactly what your forecast is for your own team, uh, but as for what I see, we've got two teams that win 90, two teams that struggle to win 60, and then you're somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah, I think I can pull off a 70-win season this year. I had 68 last year, and I feel like my team is better this year than it was last year. Got a little bit more pop. Uh, the defense is still there. Um, uh, but um, but I definitely think that now we're in a place where our division isn't, isn't 82 win, 82 win at first place, and it's now at 100 win at first place, and 90 wins in second place. But then once you get to third place, it's like 70 wins in the fourth, fifth place are so like zero wins. Um, so uh, that's how our division is going to play out. I think Boston wins the division. Um, I think you will finish second, but I think that you'll finish around 86 to 88 win range. Um, I think I could pull off uh, 75 wins this year. Um, somewhere around there. And I think New York or Toronto, I believe – I think Toronto could, depending on the, how the next few cities go, Toronto could end up with less than 50 wins. And I think New York will edge it by, like, two or three wins to get to 53. But I do think that Toronto might be the first to get penalized if he doesn't do something, uh, uh, like you said, to uh, to, to experience uh, uh, the first penalty for the tank rule. Um, yeah, actually, okay,
0: so I'm looking a lot more in-depth at both of these teams, and there are good players on New York and Toronto that will carry those teams. Um, you've got guys in the top of the lineup, or actually the middle of the lineup, and then in the top of the rotation that will do well enough to keep get them going. So we'll have to keep an update on that. But it, it is interesting to have this new rule to see, you know, who's going to get penalized. Let me just check real quick and see how many people would have been penalized last year. Um, it looks like the worst team last year was Toronto with 58 wins. So we didn't have a 30-win team last year like with uh, Philadelphia, I think that was two or three years ago. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. And I think that's going to be really good for the league, which is you know you have a lot more uh, teams in the middle as opposed to one team that's going to be giving 15 wins a year to every team they play, um, and, and every division team they play, I should say. So that's going to be good for parity.
1: Yeah. Most definitely. Um, Obviously, uh, we might as well hit some predictions and then end up with the mailbags in reverse real quick. So um, Boston winning the East, for me, I'm going to start first and I'll let you finish up. Uh, Boston in the East is going to take that division. Cleveland takes the Central, Seattle takes the West, with the two wild cards being uh, Detroit and Baltimore. Um, again, it's kind. Of, I think it's that almost exactly, well, almost exactly the way it was last year. Um, I think we'll play it again in the in the American League. I believe in the National League, you will have Atlanta taking the division with Florida taking this, the first wild card spot. I believe Milwaukee will take the Central, and Colorado will take the West. Um, the second wild spot, wild card spot, going to Chicago. Um, and all in all, uh, no matter how the playoff races go. My prediction for World Series champion is going to be the the Colorado Rockies. Um, I was going to say Atlanta. I have faith in Atlanta, but I think the Rockies are really going to put it all together this year, and I think that uh, 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 they can achieve what they couldn't last year. And, well, what are you? Uh, what's your your take on that? I could kind of I could see that
0: going on, but um, I I do think that the best team. Right now in the league would be Cleveland, um, which I think um, I think Maddie is the, the the really he's really the team to beat. I think he was last year, but again anyone can win anyone can beat anybody in the playoffs. There's, I mean that's been proven year after year after year after year because you have these teams with 83, or 84 wins and they're taking down a team with 100 wins. Um, so you can anything can happen when we get there, but I do think that um, Maddie has the best chance of being the last guy standing at the end. Um, that said, predicting World Series winners in middle of April is foolhardy, but we'll we'll see how that all goes. Yeah,
1: that 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 definitely sounds like fun. I mean, obviously it's a safe bet going with Maddie. Um, so we have some mailbag questions to end uh, to round about. I'll start with Mike. but so we already spoke about the Type B rule, so to his second question: If there was a Mount Rushmore, of top General managers and FCM, who would be in it? Um, so we're talking about four heads, right?
0: Foreheads. heads. Four heads in the league, yes. So, probably your name you so, is a fantastic forehead so, and be doing really well. The <laughs> of the so, what are
1: you? What, what are your four top GMs then, uh, in your opinion? Just you know, straight shipping.
0: I, I think the same teams that win year after year after year are obviously your best GMs. So you've got a team you've got guys that go no matter what team they move to, um, they're competing for a World Series within two or three years. Um and that includes guys who even one well, who's not a GM right now, which is Andy. So then you've got Maddie, you've got Pokey, um, you've oh, got a
1: I hate oh. that. I hate that model.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you hate that. Number. These are the guys that no matter where they go, no matter what team they start with, they turn around and they're contending for World Series you know, more often than not.
1: Who's um, the last you, person on the Mount Rushmore?
0: That's a tough one. I mean, there are a bunch of teams, I'm looking up and down, and teams that have been good for years, but then they rebuild for several years too, or teams that can't maintain being good for a long time. Um, so I, I'm going to keep it at, at just those ones. It's kind of a cop-out, um, but I, I can't. Mention one more person without mentioning a few others, just uh, so I, I'd have a three-person Mount Rushmore, and the only two of them are active. Well, so, what do you what do you
1: well, think? Well, me, me personally, um, I don't agree. I think uh, Andy goes on there. I think Maddie goes on there. Um, I also think uh, just because of how often they are able to win. Um, I would – it's very difficult uh, uh, to say, you know, year in, year out. uh, I think G-Money deserves to be on there. I really do. I think G-Money definitely uh, deserves a spot. I'm trying to get to four. So if it's Maddie, if it's Andy, and if it's G-Money, I'm going to round out the last bit with saying that um, somebody that I always see, you know, competing and and doing it the right way. um, I mean, it would be a tie between GB and Mike. Um, being on the Mount Rushmore, I know it's crazy to, to think that, but I mean Mike, with what he's able to do with Kansas City, he's been in Kansas City since the beginning of fucking time, and uh, I definitely think that you know that that perseverance and that ability to, to handle that market um, definitely earns him a spot because he's always in the conversation, and he's obviously never somebody who you know you accuse of anything, So if it had to be, uh, if it had to be four, it would definitely be Andy, Maddie, um, G money, and I, I would definitely say
0: Mike. I'm looking back through Kansas City's history right now, um, just to see how he's been doing. Yeah. looks I see I mean, a lot. He's, of, he's,
1: he's, he I see a lot like- of
0: first and second place. I see a lot of first and second place. I see a lot of wild cards. I do not see. I see one.
1: One world championship.
0: One L championship. So yeah, to put somebody. Obviously, you've got the, the March of Kansas City, but you know, because you've got a payroll of, well, he's looking at about 110 million payroll and about to lose 20 million. For so now, he's got yeah. constraints um, on what he can and can't do. Um, but, I mean, as far as a guy that, you know, if you can't, if you haven't won a World Series, and and this is nothing against Mike, but I I just can't yeah just putting that on the Mount Rushmore best. best.
1: Oh, I could see that. Yeah, I, I I me personally, I guess I don't give the World Series as many much credit as they you know as they should get, just because like you know Mike, I mean he's with what he's been able to do. I mean I know he he probably should have a World Series in the back where He's probably just met, but you know he's met a rut. Uh, we're just and like I, I said before, to... any
0: any team can win the World Series any time they make the playoffs. So it's yeah. pretty much a crapshoot. So, I mean, yeah. just, my my strategy is not one that's very popular, but it's that, you know, the more times you can put yourself in a position to get into the playoffs several years in a row as opposed to having two really good teams, I think that's a better way to do it because then you have a better chance of getting into uh, a World Series, you know, just, just once. Out of you know five times as opposed to once a two, so I mean that's what's uh, I mean that's an unpopular strategy and it's not always you know successful. You know usually I'm not with teams long enough to see it come to fruition because I can't build a team up from nothing as quickly as most other people. I was in Cleveland for an eternity and never got anything turned around there. Maddie's there for a year and a half and he's all of a, all of a sudden the best <laughs> in the league. So, um, and that's obviously with that, I am definitely not on the Mount Rushmore. Um, I'd be on like the what do you call it, the, the the hills of like Los Angeles or something like that. You know, that's that's yeah. where I would get just because you know it's like 100 yeah. uh, feet. You know, it's like oh, okay, you can you can put your face on that. Um, but I mean, you know, you have to keep being good long enough to give your chance, give yourself better chances to win a World Series. That's my strategy. Obviously, I only have one goddamn World Series in this league, and that's because I, you know, stole a team from Andy, basically. <laughs> and a year and a half later, I won the World Series with it. So, you know, I am not by any means saying that mine is the right way to do it, but that is yeah. the way I like to do it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, he ends up with the last question, who, is, who are the top five drafters in the league? Um, I'm just going to just fall off the top of my head. Um, I'm not gonna include Maddie in this just because he does the draft rate, so it's kinda like, Yeah, you know, he's the guru, blah blah blah. blah. But um <laughs> um going on to uh uh top five drafters I'd have to say um, I I really like the way Andy, Decker, um, even Peter and uh I really like the way uh even though he takes a lot of you know huge risks i like the way that g b uh uh drafts and um i mean i if I it was not wrong uh i i mean i really like the way you draft too you you take you take definitely players that uh that take the out uh, uh very well
0: i am a infrequent drafter i am really good sometimes and really horrible other times so it's inconsistent is the word I was looking for. Um, so I can have a fantastic draft and then the next year have a t- terrible draft. So I mean the guys I've drafted the last few years have all been panning out for me so hopefully that's that's good. But um, as far as a guy that kind of gets overlooked as far as a drafter because he ends up trading everybody is JHC. I mean he's always bringing people up that end up on other teams and he's mentioned that. Um, in, in the chat, too, It's like, yeah, you, you see guys that he's drafted and they've ended up on other teams, but, I mean, they, he's got the eye that, you know, these good players are going on his draft board and they're, and he's picking them. Um, so I, I think that's a guy that you really can't overlook. Um, Who was
1: that again? I'm sorry. JHC. Oh, JHC. One of, one oh, of
0: our yeah. JHC,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, JHC, the only, the only thing about JHC sometimes is he, he – I mean he he loves his power hitters but there's there's some sometimes he takes some picks that I'm just like what the hell are you doing, bro? Um so, I, mean, mean, I there just,
0: there's every GM will do that sometimes. You know, I did that a couple of years ago and everybody unanimously was just like, Why the hell did you take that guy? And yeah. they turned out to be right. I can't remember who it was, but it was um you know, that that, that happen happened to anybody.
1: Yeah, man. Um yeah man. So moving on to let me see, from Mike's uh, mailback questions. On to the Mets mailback questions uh, coming from G Money. After the Mets offensive collapse last season and the decline of a lot of clear players, the writing was on the wall and the rebuild seemed inevitable. Although the last few rebuilds I've had managed to turn things around relatively quickly, the situation here looks more dire than in past rebuilds. How long until the Mets are back in the playoffs? I'll let you take the first one on that pick. Well, I think
0: that rebuilding now is smart because you've got teams right now that are on their way up in that division. Um, You've got Hokey at the top right now um, with the peak of his uh, rotation of being good and not as good. Um, We've already kind of gone over that. Um, So he's at the top of that loop right now. We've got Peter who's doing really well for himself. Um, We've got Atlanta who's doing really well, Um, sort of the same not the same thing like what Hokie does, but a similar sort of model, which is, you know, trade everyone, fire sale, like, the year after, winning 97 games, win 60 for two more years, and then win 100. So it's these guys that are sort of the, the top of those winning cycles, and then they'll head back down. So I do think it's a smart time to do it. Um, uh, you've got – the the thing is, what if he's when he's trying to come back up, he's still going to have to contend with guys who are – Good at bring, building things up quickly, and then Philadelphia has um, the chance to move up and be with them too. So it's you know a big unknown as far as when that's going to happen. As far as, but as far as what he's doing now, I think it's uh, I think it's a good call um, to tear it down, tear it all down. Um, cause you I, I, note... I, I... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um,
1: I agree with the tearing down. Um, I don't agree with some of the, the, the moves he has made. Um, so we'll see um, We'll see if G-Money has a little bit more magic left. I don't think that this rebuild will turn around relatively quickly. I think it is going to be a good, I would say, depending on how the division, you know, depending on how fast, you know, uh, Washington comes up, depending on, you know, there's a lot of people rebuilding in that division. Uh, I think the Mets could come up within another three or four years, um, uh, five years tops. Uh, it, it all depends on how other teams in their division take series, uh, uh take winning seriously.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at them right now, it looks like there's like two prospects in the system right now before these um, before these uh, draft picks end up coming in. Um, so it's going to be kind of a long haul. He's got good young players that are starting to make their impact. He's got um, McGormey at third base, who's a young, good power hitter, kind of a one trick pony. He's got plays really good defense, but he's a power hitter uh, with Okay, eye and uh, sorry, okay contact and not and pretty bad eye. So I mean, he'll he'll be good, but I don't know if he's gonna be a guy who's gonna you know do much more than hit thirty home runs and yeah. Play good. So that, that's two tools though. Two out of five is not, not terrible, um, especially if you do the two well. Um, yeah. And then he's got a I don't know how to pronounce this, but, but Vadovry, who puts a V next to an R and an R in the last name. That's just mean. um He looks like a good young player, but he's also at third baseman, so I don't know what the plan is with that whole thing. He's got him right now at third base in DH, which is smart because you've got uh, McGormy, who's a good fielder, and then you've got Vadovery, who is not bad, but not not as good. Um, But I do think probably the smart move is to move one of those for a position that you need. Um, I think those are both good pieces, but I think he needs more. Um, I think that this whole big drafts. I don't know how many picks he has off the top of my head, Um, but uh, it's going to be kind of a a long haul with building it all back up with what he's got right now. Um, Oh, and he did did trade for Hildebrand, who was a guy I was looking at um, from uh, Pittsburgh when I was talking with uh, with Gilly. Um, Good pitcher, looks like he'll be a good reliever is where I would put him at least. Um, Yeah, that's where he's been in, in his career so far. Um, he's got room to grow, um, he's still going to have a jump in him, and he's already got mid-80s con- uh, control and movement, so that's like a really good setup for um, uh, for a good release really, pitcher. So if he just needs that one more jump, he'll be really good to go. Um, that's, so we've got three guys who are like right there, but aside from that, there is not a whole lot in the farm system right now. He's got a lot of guys in the 70s, um, both overall and peak. Um, so I do think it's going to take some work to get that team uh, where it needs to be in that division. I think that could be another you know, three, four years um, yeah. and let all of those draft picks come together quickly. So we'll yeah, have definitely. to kind of wait on that one. Um, I don't think that'll be a quick rebuild. No,
1: yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, going on, Peter has some questions. Um, we already spoke a bit on where we see Colorado going. Um, It says, how many wins will it take to win the Central? And is this the worst division in baseball? Um, I do not believe that the Central is the worst division in baseball. I believe the worst division in baseball will probably end up going to, I mean, a tie between the AL West and the AL East, only because of New York or Toronto in the East. Um, But for wins, uh, win total, I think it will take 90 wins to win the Central. And uh, depending on you know, there's there's plenty of teams who could take it, but I think the 90 win total will be what it will take to win the central. The NL Central. Yep, the NL Central.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's about right. Um, let's see what it was last year. Uh, last year's NL Central winner had 86. So I mean, 90 is that's that's probably around right because teams, I mean, divisions that have you know mid 80s, three of them, uh, 83, 84, and 86 any one of those could be up at around 90 so i mean it's not not a far stretch to see that um i think 90 is probably around right for the division but we'll have to wait and see on that one
1: yeah man um so yeah so i mean it was great rounding up uh this early side of the twenty sixty two season um there might be a live pod again coming this draft we'll see how that goes but um Hey, I want to thank you so much. You've been a freaking fantastic co-host, and uh, you've made this so easy for me. And I hope to uh, do this again with you soon, man. Oh, great. I do have one final note that I wrote down, and it did not get oh, oh mentioned. Ahead. This, shoot, man, shoot.
0: This, this off-season so far, we've had fifty-three trades. Well, I should say not so far because the off-season over. fifty-three trades this off-season. I don't know if that's normal, or if that's how it didn't look. That was between twenty-six different teams this off-season. <laughs> and 30 picks, traded hands. So that seems like a lot to me. So, I mean, we're yeah, going to have, 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 have a lot of fun. fun. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Andy's been super happy to be switching all those, and I know he was super happy about all that. Um, the competition picks, all 25 of them and everything like that, um, my own being one of them. Uh, so I do think that the draft is going to be fun. I think the aspiration of doing a live draft Pod is going to be chaos, but if you're up to it, oh I'm yeah, man! To I've I'm got a bunch of picks. Um, I think I've got yeah.
1: like I only have eight I only picks. have um two picks. So if I did a live draft pod, uh, it wouldn't be I wouldn't be so focused on my picks. I'd be able to focus a lot more on the pod. So I, I definitely think that this draft will it'll be it'll be a great live draft to do because of the round, because of uh what happened this off season, and I, I I'm really looking forward to next Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the draft. Anyways, yep, eight picks I've got, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and yeah. I will I'll be listening. If you're doing it, I will definitely... I'm not volunteering myself for that one. Um, I do think this is the <laughs> first time for Peter to toss his hat in the ring and be a host, because I don't know if he's done it yet. I You yeah. could be wrong, um, but I think Peter doing a, a pod would be worth the price of admission. Well, no if matter Peter, what
1: if, if, if Pete wants to and he's up for it, I, I, I am...
0: All right, so I think we've pretty much rounded up everything here.
1: Um, Anything else you got? Uh, I hear crickets. Well, if anyone else is still here, you can